This morning I want to talk to you about what Jesus has to say, about how you break the worry habit. Now why is it that we always expect the worst? Why is it? When I received a letter in the mail and there are those three little letters on the outside of the envelope, it strikes terror in my heart. It's I-R-S. I open it up and it's only a form letter, nothing to it. But why do we expect the worst? You hear about the crash of an airplane. You start wondering if anybody you know was on that flight. Or how many were killed. Why do we expect the worst? So how do we break the worry habit? That's our theme this morning. Please take out the sermon notes that have been provided for you today. If you only knew how our secretaries and volunteers worry about when I can get these sermon notes done for them and typed up and run them off every week. But our office staff is a great group. You as a congregation can be very proud of all of them. The word worry is an Old Testament old English word. It means in your notes to choke, to strangle. And when you are worrying, it chokes the life right out of you. The Greek word for worry is merimna, means to divide, to divide the heart, a divided heart. And James talks about having a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Then Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount deals with how you break this worry habit. So we're going to look at five reasons why you and I should not worry. Don't worry is probably one of the hardest commandments in the Bible to obey. Don't worry, but we all do. Well, some of us say that we're just concerned, but we worry. We all do it. Number one, the first reason why we should not worry in your notes, because worry is just unreasonable. Now, worry is unreasonable. God commands that we do not worry. If God commands it, then God makes it possible that we obey it. Look at Matthew 6, verse 25. Please read it with me together out loud. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat and drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? So it's unreasonable. It just doesn't make sense. Why is worry so irrational? Well, in your notes, there's so much more to life. There's so much more to life than just food or clothes. So if you're going to worry, don't choose worrying about food and clothes. Secondly, in your notes, think more about the eternal, not so much about the external. That's what Jesus is saying. It's unreasonable. See, if you can't change it, don't worry about it. Thirdly, worry is unreasonable. Because when you start worrying, it just gets bigger and bigger. When someone criticizes you, you become concerned about it. You start to worry. You think about it. Pretty soon you're thinking everybody is against you. The whole world is against you. Why? Because every time you rehearse a worry, it gets bigger. Therefore, worry is really unreasonable. In your notes number two, Jesus says, do not worry, because worry is also 
unnatural. It's very unnatural. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So Jesus gives here a little bird-watching example. I don't do a lot of bird-watching, but if anybody is on God's welfare rolls, it's birds. Birds are on God's welfare rolls. They really don't do a whole lot. They fly around and sing and build a nest once a year. But God takes care of them. So Jesus is assuring us that if God takes care of those birds, he will surely take care of you and me. Then Jesus goes on to a botany lesson. Look at Matthew 6, 28 and 29. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? And they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. So Jesus says, have you looked carefully at a flower? If God cares that much about a flower, don't you think God's going to take care of you? So worry is really unnatural. And what is Jesus saying in your notes? He's saying animals do not worry. Animals don't worry. And in your notes he says flowers don't worry. In fact, there's only one thing in all creation that worries people. In your notes, people do worry. The only thing in God's creation that doesn't trust God is people. So look at Psalm 145, verse 16. See, God satisfied the desires of every living thing. So Jesus is telling us, worry is really unnatural. You were not born to worry. You were not made by God to worry. That's a result of our sinful nature. So that means that we need help. We need a savior. Jesus came into this world to break the chains of sin and worry and slave us. And through his suffering and his death on the cross and through his resurrection, Jesus helps us to break the worry habit. And that's good news. See, our bodies do not handle worry very well. Ever hear somebody say, I'm worried sick? Then it's really true. And you notice it's not so much what you eat that counts. It's what eats you. It's what is eating you. Seven and a half billion headaches in America every year. We consume 15 tons of aspirin every day. Look at Proverbs 14, verse 30 in your notes. A heart at peace gives life to the body. Notice how God is described as our father. When we are a child, we get special treatment. And we are children of God, our heavenly father. And he cares for us. So worry is unreasonable. Worry is unnatural. On the back of your notes, number three. Jesus says, do not worry because worry is unhelpful. The third reason we shouldn't worry is simply unhelpful. Look at Matthew 6, now verse 27. Please read that with me. (coughs) Together out loud. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? See, it doesn't work. It's not helpful to worry. What Jesus is saying, it can't make you any taller. It can't make you shorter. It can't make you live longer. In fact, in your notes, worry actually shortens life. It shortens your life. Someone has said that worry is awful lot like a rocking chair. 
It's a lot of activity, but you don't make any progress. Back and forth, back and forth. It's unhelpful. And in your notes, worry it also like stewing without doing. Stewing without doing makes you all more miserable now. When you think about it, worry can't change the past. It's over. Worry can't control the future. In fact, the only thing that worry really can do is wreck the present. It's unreasonable. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. Number four in your notes. Jesus says don't worry because worry is also unnecessary. Look at Matthew 6, verse 30, where Jesus says, that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So what is Jesus saying? He's saying that there's no need to worry. It's unnecessary. Because in your notes, God has promised. God has promised to take care of you and me. God has promised if you will only trust him. I found that my children, they trusted me. When they have a need, they come to me, Dad, and say, Dad, I need some money, I need this, I need this or that. In fact, I've never experienced from my children, when they were young, that they would worry about where Dad was going to get the money. Kids, when I think about that, where is it coming from? They don't say, Dad, has it been a tight month? Can you loan me some money? Never. Because dads are bountiful suppliers. Dads are bountiful suppliers, like God is. It was dad's job to think about where the money was coming from. It was the child's job to spend it as a trusting child. And the Bible says, your heavenly father, your heavenly father knows all your needs. Won't he take care of you? So worry is unnecessary. Next thing you know, God has assumed responsibility for all your needs. Look what Paul says in Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply what? Some of your needs? Only when you're good? Is that what it says? No. It says God will supply all your needs according to his resources. How much does ALL include? Does that include car payments and doctor's bills and house payments? My God will supply all your needs, not according to how good you have been, but according to his great resources. Sorry, worry from, it really comes from a misunderstanding. Worry comes from a misunderstanding of who God is. We really do not even know God when we are filled with worry. We really don't know what God has promised to each of us. In your notes, worry is actually an opposite of faith. Worry says that I, I have to take everything into my own hands and try to work it all out myself. Some people say, I'll trust in God for he sent Jesus to be my Savior. But I have to do all those other things myself. There's a story of this lady who was walking down the road with a big, heavy sack on her back. A man in the car picked her up. She says, thanks. She's riding down the road. She is tired. And after a while, the driver looks over, and she's still carrying that heavy sack on her back. The driver says, why don't you take that sack off and put it on the floor? She says, oh, no. It's enough that you just carry me. I'll carry my own sack. That's about as logical as we sometimes are treating God. When it comes to our needs, we say, God, if you get us to heaven, then we're going to worry about making all the house payments, doctor bills. We'll solve all of our problems at work by ourselves. God says, no. Worry is totally unnecessary. God will take care of you. And then number five in your notes. Jesus says, do not worry. Because worry is also unchristian. 
Yeah, it's unchristian. Look at Matthew 6, verse 31 and 32. Please read those verses with me together out loud. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. Circle that phrase, pagans, run. You know what Jesus is saying here? He's not worried, not only unreasonable, unnatural, unhelpful, and unnecessary, but Jesus is saying that worry is actually unchristian. Now, non-believers, non-believers have every right to worry. In fact, they ought to be worrying because they're trying to live their lives without any of God's help. For the pagans run. Doesn't that describe a lot of our society today? Everybody's in a hurry, racing after new cars, new houses, new clothes. Why? They don't believe anything else can help them. It's a dog-eat-dog world. You come home dog-tired because you've growled all day. In your notes, worry. Write this down. Worry is really just acting like an orphan. Worrying is acting as if you have no Heavenly Father who knows all your needs, who can take care of you. Then in your notes, when you come to the bottom line, Worry is practical atheism. Yeah, it's practical atheism. In essence, it's saying, this all depends on me. We forget that God, our Heavenly Father, is providing for you and for me. In your notes also, worry is playing God. Yeah, worry is assuming responsibility that God never intended for you and me to have in the first place. God wants you simply to recognize him as your God, not to play God yourself. You Christians are not to worry in your notes because worry is really a very poor testimony. It's a bad example. It's acting like a pagan, like an unbeliever. Do you remember how Job, he worried? In the beginning, he said things were going so good, something bad was about to happen. Everything was going so great in his life. I'm sure God is going to pull the rug out. In fact, the Bible actually says that's how Satan was able to get at Job. Job wondered if his sons, when they partied, they were not always obeying God. He worried about them. And he would go and he'd make another sacrifice for each of them to be sure. What if or what if? If you are a what-ifing type of person yourself, you're just setting yourself up. Because God doesn't want us to worry Now, let me share with you three things, how to break the worry habit. Let's look at three F words quickly. In your notes, number one, put your focus on God. Yeah, put your focus on God. That's where we need to be looking. Then number two, put God first in your life. Put God first in every area of your life. Set your priorities. So you have to decide what's going to be number one and number two. When Jesus is in first place in our lives, then we have all God's promises to us as children. He promises his presence, his peace, and his power. We become partners with God when we put God first in our lives. So instead of worrying, you should put your focus on God. Put God first, and number three in your notes, put your faith in God alone. Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be given to you as well. So you stop living for things. You start living for God. Anytime that I'm worrying, a little red light should go on 
that says something or someone else other than God has taken first place in our lives. Worry is a warning light that says God is not my focus at this moment. He's not first. My faith is not in Jesus alone. So if you want the promises that God wants to give to all of his children, you must seek him first. Focus on him. Put God first. In conclusion, note Matthew 6, verse 25. That's the verse on the front of your notes. Begins with the word, therefore. Therefore, Jesus says, I tell you not to worry about your life. Anytime you do a Bible study, anytime you come to that word, therefore, you must see what it is there for, what precedes that therefore word. So look at Matthew 26, verse 24. It usually happens right before verse 25. Jesus says in your notes, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. From the topic of money in verse 24, Jesus says right, goes right into this teaching, how to not worry. And that's pretty logical, isn't it? Because most of our worries in your notes are what? Related to uh, money. Most of our worries are related to money. And Jesus is saying you can't have both as number one in your life. We just make some decisions. Well, what am I living for? Who am I living for? And that choice is going to become your God, your master in your life. So focus on God. Put God first. Put your faith in God alone. And you will not worry. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.